What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another thrilling episode of the Way of the Fist podcast. I am, of course, your co-host, Jonathan CV, joined by the exceedingly handsome Michael Hagen. Hey, everybody. How are you doing? How are you, buddy? <laughs> I'm doing well. I'm doing yeah. well. Uh, what's new? Man, not much. Um, started a new workout routine. But yeah. Really, just been been grinding day in day out at the dojo and and training hard and trying to record podcasts when we can. I know, right? I know. Uh, I wish we 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 were. It was easier to be more consistent like that. So, but I got a yeah. I got a question for you. This just popped up to me Shoot. Uh, earlier today. So, if you could train with any martial artist, who would it be? And it's actually a two-part question. You can give somebody who's alive today, who, if you could train with that martial artist, who would it be? And somebody who's passed. Hmm. Okay. I think I'll start with the alive one first. Okay. I think that I would like to train with GSP. Pierre. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I really love his work ethic. I, I think he's got a, um, just a fantastic, uh, like thought process when it comes to physical health and, um, connecting that to his martial arts practice. And I, you know, in the UFC, just being one of the most dominant players that there was, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of George St. Pierre. So yeah. I think I think training would with him would would just be a really cool experience. Yeah, you know, unlike okay. any other. All right. Well, okay. I'll give you my alive person then too. Sure. Who's and your? And then alive we'll go person? to past. My alive okay. person, I think, would be uh, Hicks and Gracie. Okay. Nice. Um, because a very similar. Like I was so, you know, I, as I mentioned in the podcast, I have I, I about six months of. Uh, Gracie Jiu Jitsu experience yep. at Pedro Sauer's Academy in, in Virginia. And Pedro Sauer was actually brought into train with Hickson. He was recruited by Hickson to, to, okay. to train. So, but I didn't know anything about uh, Pedro Sauer until I got to where I was living in Virginia and we started looking at, at, at stuff and I was like, oh, Pedro Sauer, right? But Hickson was, um, you know, he was fighting in Japan in pride and uh, whatnot while I was in Japan. I mean, I think I saw either live or, you know, recordings right after of, of some of his fights. And, you know, that, that documentary that came out, Choke, um, yeah. like in 1994 or 1995, something like that. And so I remember like thinking of, you know, almost this like larger than life persona, um, but still... Um, you know, and he's still going at it. And one thing that the, one of the reasons why, and this was kind of like one thing we were talking about belts and stuff is there's a video that from a couple of years ago, I think two or three years ago now where his older brother and a bunch of the other Gracie family, high ranking members, uh, and Pedro Sauer was there. They tried to promote him to red belt, which is mm. like Hachidan, I guess, or whatever, like in right. Gracie Jiu Jitsu. And he, accepted it and at the same time turned it down and say, I am not ready to wear this yet. Right. 
and I am not, I don't have the age, I don't have the experience, I don't have the wisdom to, to go along with that. And what really struck me was how many karate people would do that. Right. No, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I mean, there's, there's a, a certain level of humility that one needs to have in order to, to act that way. Right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, That's a good okay. answer. Yeah. So, so dead. So dead. I was, I was, uh, I was kind of like bouncing back and forth um, with this one while you were kind of discussing. I have three. Okay. Um, but I feel like one is like the obvious answer, right? Like everybody in the world would be like, oh man, I would go back and train with Bruce Lee, right? That's like the one that like quickly came. But I don't think that's who I would actually pick. Like if uh-huh. I was really to sit down and think about it. Now, the two others, they are um, more recent passed uh, but before I would have been able to train with them <clears throat> so I would either have to say Masanobu Shinjo uh-huh. who created Gojuri Shobukan or Matayoshi Shimpo okay oh yeah. so you're keeping it close to home I'm keeping it I'm keeping it real close to home I, I think that if I could go back to you know my organization's originator or, or you know my Kobudo stylist like you know the, the one who really made it popular um and get that firsthand experience with them and, you know, really focus on what I do now and have that, that, that experience, it would just take it to a whole new level, you know? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. So I was going, I went in a completely different track. Okay. Um, who, who you got? So it's actually like, it, it's, it's hard to narrow down to one. So I, I kind of narrowed, yeah. narrowed it down to two, um, both Japanese, but not the obvious Miyamoto Musashi that everybody would, would think. Okay. Okay. Um, the first one further back, I would go actually, um, and even here it's kind of between two. It's either, uh, Yagyu Munenori or Yagyu Sekshusai, his father. Okay. Um, Probably Sekshusai, who was the founder of Yagyu Shinkageryu. Yep, which we talked about in our uh, Karate Originations podcast episode, yes. right? I yep. think so, yes. Yes, and so we did. Yagyu Shinkageryu ended up, uh, Yagyu Munenori, the son, became the Kenju's instructor for Tokugawa Ieyasu. Mm. Um, but it was actually because the father said, no, I'm too old take my son instead when yeah. he did a demonstration for Tokugawa Ieyasu. Right. After he demonstrated the no sword where he like caught the sword or something like that. Um, right. With the empty hand. The other one is a huge fan of mine. And so that one's actually the lesser. The one that I would probably pick is uh, Sakamoto Dioma. Do you know who Sakamoto Dioma is? I, I don't know that I'm familiar yeah, okay. So, Sakamoto Dioma was from uh, Tosa, um, which is now modern-day Shikoku. And uh-huh. he was a Menkyo Kaiden of uh, uh, Ito Hokushin-ryu. But he was instrumental in the Meiji Restoration period um, when Japan went from the 
the the end of the Tokugawa period to like getting rid of the Tokugawa bakufu. And he was actually anti-bakufu. He was one of the uh, the ronin. He became a ronin who uh-huh. um, was instrumental in um, trying to move Japan forward. And it, what was interesting about that was because of his mindset, he was anti-bakufu and anti-government and anti-foreigner and like revere the emperor, expel the barbarian, right? Son no joy. But he got introduced to somebody who became like Japan's first admiral. And when he started to explain, he's like, oh yeah, we need to modernize. We need to do, we need to become more like we need to incorporate to survive. We need to incorporate these. And so even though it was funny because you'll see pictures of him and he's got his hand almost like Napoleon style tucked into his kimono, his right hand. So he's got his Uh sword, his katana, but he always carried, he carried a revolver also. And (laughs) he was actually assassinated. Um, but we don't know, we're not sure who actually killed him. Hmm. Um, That's interesting. That, I'm going to have to do a little more uh, like research on this guy. Yeah. So uh, that period of Japanese history is, is one of my favorites because there's a lot of assassinations, a lot of fighting in the streets of Kyoto, back and forth, uh, you know, talking about the Shinsengumi. Mm-hmm. Um, another one of period would be Hijigata Toshizo, who was the the vice captain or the, the, the second in charge of the Shinsengumi. That I think being able to talk to him because they were out slaying people. I mean, they were just right. getting in sword fights in the streets of Kyoto. Um, so I think being able to talk about, like, you know, about your martial arts, about how you applied your military training to, like, a pivotal moment in Japanese history. So yeah, that's, that's, that's who I would go with. Hickson and probably Sakamoto Dioma. Hmm. Interesting yeah. choices. I like it. Yeah. I like yeah. it. I like the reasonings yeah. behind it, too. Well done. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, uh, topic of the day, we have from our good friend James, um, what was it? Oh, what makes a McDojo? What makes a McDojo? What does make a McDojo? What have you got? What makes it, oh, makes a McDojo? I think there's like a, um, well, there's, you've got a bun, right? And then you've got like some kind of meat and then like Uh another bun. I oh, know that's a Big Mac. I'm thinking of. Well, Big Mac, you actually have mul- multiple levels there because Big Mac has right, right. Bun, well, that's why I was patty, saying bun, bun, patty, patty, bun. Yeah, I think there actually might be two patties and then a yeah, bun, there are. and then another there two are. patties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or yeah, 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 yeah double. Yeah, absolutely. Double. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. McDojo. McDojo. So I've got a couple of things that um, I don't know. I, I I don't love to use the word McDojo, but uh, you know, I think there are a lot of red flags. Um, mm-hmm. that, that modern Western dojos have that, you know, you should definitely pay attention to, uh, okay. if you were trying to enroll into a new dojo. Okay. Uh, so let's just, let, we'll, let's just go back and forth and we'll, we'll, we'll create a list. Okay. Okay. I think my first answer is going to be, if you see any student, especially an adult wearing a camouflage obi. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. That's going to be my, my first answer. What do you got? That's going to be your first answer? Wow. You're, yeah. uh, uh, you're keeping it pretty light. I was going to, man, I was just going to start dropping hammers. Um, no, I'm, I'm trying to keep it light, man. So, all right. Uh, well, okay. We, we, let's, we, we, let's, we can get heavier as we go. Yeah, yeah. Let's keep it light. So if you yeah. walk in 
And in addition to your camouflage obi, uh, everybody is wearing different color dogi. Mm, okay. Like red or white or black. And everybody's and wearing them all blue all at the same time. Right. Okay. Yeah. I've got one more to add on to that. You walk okay. in and you see somebody wearing camouflage obi, all these different colored dogies, and probably no less than 20 different patches on yeah. sewn onto patches. their dogie. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and we'll take it one more step. One more okay. step. Okay. What do we got? What else we got? Okay. Uh, in addition to the patches, yeah. if it's a kid's class, well, no, maybe not that. That's not a good example. But uh, if you have, if, if you walk up and uh, like everybody has like a gazillion stripes on your belts. A gazillion. I don't even know how you would like really quantify that. I don't have time yeah. to sit there and count all those stripes. Yeah, man. That's a like, lot that's of stripes. A lot of, that's a that's lot a lot of stripes. stripes. A lot of stripes. Yeah. Wow. So yeah. stripe. So, so first camouflage obi. Bang. First red flag. Next multicolored dogies. Which they're probably not calling them dogies either. Right. That. Or I don't know or, if you call that a red yeah. flag though. But. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> but go ahead. What are you gonna say? Okay. Or everybody's wearing uh, I don't even know how to describe them, like yeah. bright polyester colored pants and like a V neck short sleeve top. Yeah, or sleeveless top. Sleeveless the top. Sleeveless, sleeveless top. or yeah. or a V neck yeah. top, uh, and not like a. a you know what I'm talking about, like from from those, uh, like the points barring uniforms, right? I mean, a lot of uh, TKD uh, Dobux, they they wear the the V neck. Yeah. Well, no, right. Well, okay. What I don't mean, I not just in and of itself the V neck, because like okay. they'll be white with like the with the black like collar and black, whatever. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. still I I could still consider that whatever, but uh, I mean right. like that that super short the polyester with like some fancy designs on it. Yeah. And like. American flag down the down the pants or something like that. Yeah, that actually okay. sounds really cool. It does sound pretty cool. It, like, it oh, that, that cool, remember man. that that <laughs> what was it? Uh, that 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 video that I sent you. Not Cobra Kai, dude. dude uh, which video did you send me? You, uh, the you, the, the you one on YouTube that, for that, that Discovery Show or whatever. That new Discovery Show that's coming out. That like, oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. Those are all. <laughs> hang on, hang yeah. on. What 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 was it? What was it? Was that on Facebook or YouTube? Where or on on message? Where did we send that? Uh, I'm scrolling. Let me hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Uh, links. See all here. Uh, it's called Kitty Kai. Kitty Kai. Yeah. Yeah, and it's on Discovery Plus. Yeah. 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 All Kitty McDojos. Kai. All McDojos. Oh, that's that's for sure. What makes okay. a McDojo? All right, I've got another one. I've got another. Okay. One. What do you got? Do you you got? walk in. And there are a row, like racks of four foot and six foot trophies lined oh. up. Like, yeah, I know, a, I know a lot of dojos that have those. Oh, you think so? Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I know some. I know or they some just pretty like decent... forgot to forgot to do the spring cleaning from the eighties and like left all their trophies. You know, I was looking at uh, so a friend of mine has a has a corner that's dedicated, and I think like the tallest one is like an eight foot trophy it's just like in the in the corner and i was looking at them um fairly recently and i think the 
like the latest date on there is like 1989, but they're still there in the corner. They like they have to dust them, like uh, before the every black belt test and stuff. They do dojo soji, and everybody has to clean the trophies. But yeah, I know I know some I know some groups that have have a lot of trophies. Yeah, yeah. That, you don't like the trophy one? No. Yeah, well, Not a McDonald's. Listen, listen. It it, it it it. I think it does require you to 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 raise the red flag. But I don't know if that's enough to write it off. Okay. All right. I'll, okay. I'll give you that one. I'll give you okay. that one. Okay. Yeah. I remember. I remember. You know, when was it? Uh, a few years back. You know, maybe ten years ago or so. My mom sent me a message and it was like, "Hey, we're cleaning out this this part of the yeah. house or whatever, and you still have all these trophies from back when you were, you know, a white belt and a yellow belt." It's like, "Do you want me to mail them to you?" I was like, "No, no, no. no. throw Chop that shit, <laughs> throw that shit away." Yeah. I was um I was recently talking to a friend of mine about those trophies, and they're like, "Yeah, how come you know like tournaments they don't give out trophies anymore? They you know everybody does medals." And I was like, "One, medals are way cooler." And yeah. way easier to like keep in your house, especially when you have like a shit ton of them. But like, I remember it got to a point where I literally had so many of these like four foot to six foot freaking plastic trophies with little karate dudes on the top. Actually, I had a whole grip of them that had Santa Clauses on top because there was like a Christmas tournament that was happening every year. And I had, I had so many of them. And it got to a point where every tournament I was walking out with these giant first place trophies and I would see some random kid and I'd be like, Hey kid, do you want this trophy? And they would like lose their minds. They would take it and they would leave. And I could, I always remember like their parents would just like stare daggers at me. Like, I can't believe you just gave me that. <laughs> Why did you do that? You know? so, and I'm just walking away like, ah. <laughs> you know? so. On the note of trophies, for our listeners, this is going to be kind of a more of a lighthearted, mostly lighthearted episode. I mean, we've gone heavy the past couple. So Um, I remember we went to a tournament recently, uh, you know, this is like in 2017 or 2018, very without being without naming names or or locations, but not too far from where you live. And I remember walking into the gym and seeing the table of trophies (laughs) and stopping and going, oh my gosh, the '80s called, and they want yeah. their karate yeah. trophy back. Like, yeah. what? What are we supposed to do with those? And then our yeah. group walked out like with seven of them. Yeah, a whole bunch. Well, and the, and the the kind of interesting thing about those particular trophies, and I kind of like the idea of it, but maybe the the, the trophy might not have been the best execution of it. But the idea was is that it's a series of three tournaments. Mm. So if you won first place in kata in the first one first place in kata in the second tournament and then first place again in that same division yeah you like one quote unquote the triple crown and you were like awarded something special and yeah again the trophy may not have been the best execution of that but you know it was a it was a for for a lot of the younger kids it was a really good motivation to like really really go for it so okay uh, all right actually some of some of my students still have a whole bunch of those and they're they're pretty happy about them and i'm like cool cool <laughs> <laughs> okay all right back to back to flags of what makes a mcdojo okay if the instructor tucks his dogi top into his pants and then ties his obi i think that raises a red flag i know a lot <laughs> i don't even know how to go past that i mean like i'm just dumbfounded 
at that. <laughs> All right, 19 minutes, episode over. Oh, uh, episode done. The end. <laughs> we, we found the we found the king of all uh, red flags. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, um, that's that's I, a that's a pretty good one. I know a bunch that that do really that, actually. Yes, I do. Um, based okay. out of New York, and they've got they've got groups all over the East Coast. As a matter of fact. Wow. Okay. Um, well, that's a way, right? That's a way. That, that's a that's a way. And 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 hold on. Let me let me let me let me let me rewind <laughs> okay. a little bit. Okay. All right. All they, right. All they, right. They, they 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 tuck their dogies uh, tops into their pants, and oftentimes they are red dogie or blue dogie. <laughs> Or black with like some lightning bolt tied onto their leg, or okay. whatever. And oftentimes their students also have camouflage belts with a gazillion stripes on them. Like this is a real school. This is a real thing. <laughs> now they don't necessarily have about twenty patches on their dogie, but I think at one time I counted around fifteen. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yes. that's too many. Too many. Okay. All right. I've got one. Okay. And I, I, I question saying this because, but if you walk in and there's a big, huge banner that says, we are a black belt academy, I kind of question that. Yeah. 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 I know a lot of places have something like that, but yeah. that that to me tells me where your emphasis is or that's your correct yeah that 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 is very true you know i I know a lot of schools that actually have that and um you know i actually i know a lot of especially like korean dojangs that Mm -hmm. have something like akin to that that they say at the end of class like we are a black belt school we're motivated we're dedicated we're on the quest (laughs) to be the best you know yeah Um, sounds familiar yeah i i I know it by heart for a reason um but you know, it, it, it says a lot about the priorities, right? Like right. your your goals are about the physical representation rather than like the knowledge, I, I think, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but to that, like as Westerners too, we are very like, we have these, we're, we're goal oriented in that we need that physical representation to say that we've achieved whatever goal, right? right. And most people come into a dojo and they're like, man, I want to be a black belt. Hey, we're a black belt school. You came to the right place. Come on yeah. in. Yeah, that'll yeah. be that'll be a uh, five year contract at yep. four thousand dollars a year. Ooh, that's an interesting thing that you brought up. I think that might be also oh. a red. Flag. Oh, on the list contracts. I, I think I think that's on the list for me. And I know some traditional schools that that have the contracts. I. It, and I don't, I don't necessarily disagree with the contract themselves, but the um, or, or having a contract rather, but the the stipulations of the contract, I think, is what's really uh, worrisome, right? Like one, like a crazy amount of time, right, associated with that contract. Like, hey, you sign this, you're locked in for a minimum of ten years, right, right, and in that time frame, you are obligated for this, like balloon style payment of initially it's only like 75 bucks for a month for like the first three months then after that it goes up and up and up and up and up and now all of a sudden you're paying like this 
these crazy fees that like I, I know one school that is literally at, at, at a certain point they are paying five hundred dollars a month. Wow! I'm like how could how how right? And they have students like they have students. Wow! Yeah, that's wild. That, that's wild. Yeah, but then again, you look at those contracts and you look at the cost associated with it, and then you turn around and look at the caliber of student and it's not same same right well yeah. okay so uh, with that what about a uh $15,000 lifetime membership ooh $15,000 lifetime membership what do you think about what that what does that get me what does it get me Gets what does the membership what, get me whatever you that's just the member you and then you train and you take your tests and you all of that but 15,000 and you don't have to pay any more or any more, no more dues. Fifteen grand oh, up front for life. No more dues for yeah. life. Well, I hope you started early, like really early. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like really early. That's really early. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so that would be a flag for me, right? Yeah. Like serious. Would, like, oh, you want me to pay fifteen grand up front for a lifetime membership? For a lifetime mm. membership. Yeah. Okay. Wow. All right. That's 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 a hard pill to swallow. Yeah, it is a hard pill to swallow, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think that would from the beginning that would cause me concern. Okay. So yeah. but I, I, I wanna go back to so we kind of touched on this with the Black Belt Academy and, and things like that. Uh and this is where like everybody gets promoted every every time, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think is that's, that your red flag? Is that that's everybody my red gets flag. promoted? Everybody um, every gets time, promoted no matter what? every time, no matter what. Talk more about that. Well, I mean, I mean, we've talked about testing in the past, right? And yes. and our and our 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 ideas about testing are a little bit different. Um, but uh, you know, it's like okay, you come in and you're gonna little Johnny's gonna test, and mm-hmm. you know. And he's going to pay, you know, his 50 bucks or whatever for his testing fee. And then right. in two months, regardless of Johnny's progress, we're going to test again and we're going to test again and we're going to test again. And the, the, the belt ranking system is like 17 belts, you know, with stripes and all of these things from, sure. from, from like 17 Q or, you know, white belt with one yellow stripe and white belt with two yellow stripes all the way up through, yeah. through Shodan, yeah. right? Um, sure. So, so what you're saying though is that, like, okay, we have a test cycle, and whoever is currently active in the dojo, everybody is testing, and everybody passes. Kind of, yeah, pretty much. Okay. Yeah, that would be, that would be a, a red flag, I would think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I think uh, my next red flag would be walking in, and you are before you've even stepped foot on the tatami for any training or hardwood floor or whatever you're training on, whatever, uh, you are coerced into a demo team or a competition team, which also has a crazy added fee. Yeah, that's a good one too. That's a good one too. Okay. Uh, If you're, if you walk in and... Uh, how do I say it? the uh, dojo only has kids classes, 
there are no adult classes, mm. that would be a red flag for me. See, that's a tough one too. I, I think in that instance, you might need to look at the age of the dojo because for a little while, I actually did not have a dedicated adult class just because we didn't have the interest because everybody thought that karate was just for kids. And now we have like a booming adult class though, because people came in and they were like, Oh, that's ah, kind of cool. Okay. But then this, fo- yeah. okay. This is the follow-up. Did you turn any of those adults away because you don't have a kid's class or because you don't have, no, an adult I, class? I, I never, I never uh, turned adults away. No, no, no. Okay. We, so we made it work. Yeah. 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 So if you turn, if the dojo turns adult protect perspective, adult students away, because they don't have an adults class. Well, how can you create an adults class if you keep turning adults away? Yeah. That's mm. a good question. Food for thought. Food, Food for, for thought. thought. Okay. Yeah. What else you got? Uh, let's see. If you are guaranteed black belt promotion by joining mm. a black belt club, mm. you might yeah. be at a McDojo. You might be at a McDojo. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Hmm. I agree. Okay. If your weapons uh-huh. have more glitter on them and are <laughs> <laughs> made uh, of plastic, made of plastic, you might be at a or or graphite. You might be graphite. at a uh, might be at a McDojo. Yeah. All right. Uh, see here, I got one also. Okay. If you have previous training and you go to a dojo and you want to train and they turn you away simply because you have other other training. Mm. You might be at a McDojo. You might be at a McDojo. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What else? Let's if see here. you are told – hold on. Uh, how do I word this one? If if you were told that you're not ready to learn the secret techniques, <laughs> you might be at a, a McDojo. <laughs> <laughs> the secret techniques. The secret techniques. I, I like that. I like yeah. that. Uh if you're if you walk in and the business focus, even they may have an adult class, but if the business focus is on kinder karate and they're expanding only those type of programs, you may be at a McDojo. Hmm. Hmm. Like we have an adults class over here, but I'm gonna do gonna start this whole other program over here just for just for kinder karate. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm running out. Yeah. I think we're, I think we're pretty much tapping here. I'm, 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 I've got one. Okay. If you go into a dojo and you may have to spend a little time in the dojo to figure this one out, but they practice kata, but never discuss or practice bunkai. Mm. you might be at a McDojo. Okay. All right. So we've gone through a, a big long list and some of them have been kind of obnoxious, but all true. <laughs> all Unfortunately, true. these are all, all real examples. Yeah. Okay. So now let's flip the scenario. Okay. All right. 
what do we, what should we look for in a good dojo? Okay, you start. Okay, uh, since we started off with McDojos, uh, with uniforms and stuff like that, and it's it's funny we talk about that, but a clean uniform appearance. Okay. Right? Like, you can have patches, you can have association patches on that, but when you walk in, everybody looks alike. Everyone's in his uniform. Everybody, yeah, that's right. Sorry. Every, Everybody's yeah. uniform is either, it, 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 and I'm not even talking about whether it's like black or white, right? Like, it's all the same. Right. That's what I mean. It's a uniform yeah. appearance. Like, everything yeah. is homogenous. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. I like that. Um, If you walk into the dojo and ooh, I'm, I'm trying to think of like surface level stuff here for, for this uh, one. let's just let's just give let's just give not not so much like the surface level but I mean let's like what what should somebody look for when they're gonna go to a dojo okay uh, if you walk in and there's a class actively, going on and you see that students are sweating mm. you might be in a real dojo yeah that's a good one that's a good one um if so one thing i would look for is how you are approached when you go in if you walk in and you're immediately confronted with the sales pitch Right, that might be yep. the McDojo. But if you walk in and you know you're greeted, and somebody introduces themselves to you, and they ask you know what you're looking for, and they offer you know okay you can sit here and observe, or you know this is you know here, let me have some questions and, and I'll take the time to answer your questions. And if if that's a uh, uh, not a used car sales pitch, but uh, a interest in you trying to find out what you're looking for in your coming mm -hmm. to the dojo. That might be a good dojo. Okay. Might be a good dojo. It's a good start to a dojo right. anyway. Right. Like I, I think, I think that's actually really probably a very important one. Um, you know, as I'm thinking about like how people come in nine times out of 10, I actually don't get just like street walk-ins. I just I get like um, phone call? messages through. Well, I get messages through our website messaging service. Okay. Um, or I get a direct text message. I actually very rarely get a phone call. I okay. think maybe in the ten years that we've been open, I think I can count on one hand how many times people have actually picked up the call to or picked up the phone to call me. Which okay. Is interesting. I guess it's probably a, a generational or a time shift yeah, thing. Yeah, I think so. But I have had a few people that have walked in off the street, and I'm thinking about my approach to them. And I, I don't think I've ever given anybody like the sales pitch ever. It's it's typically, hey, how are you? My name's Jonathan. What can I do for you? Right. right. I don't even say, hey, I'm Sensei uh, Jonathan, blah, 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 or Sensei CV or whatever, because we don't even do that in, in my dojo. But you know, it's, Hey, how, how can we help you today? Oh, I'm looking for, you know, karate classes for my six year old or 
you know, I'm looking for classes for myself or whatever. Hey, well, those classes are on this night. If you want to come back and watch or let that participate, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, that's typically the, the normal yeah. approach. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's key because when yeah. you walk in, if you're confronted with, oh, well, you know, here's, here's what our membership is and here's what the, the, the registration fee, if you have a registration fee, that in and of itself might be a problem, right? That might be a red flag, um, depending on your organization. Like if, you're, if your organization requires you to have like a membership yeah. fee, an annual membership fee, that might be one thing. Um, so does, if, does, does RBKD have a membership fee? Uh, only for uh, the, uh, the dojo itself has a, member, a registration fee every year. Okay. So Not, for Shobukan, we ha- we do have a, a membership, an annual membership registration fee, but that starts at Shodan. Right. And there might be something additional at, at Shodan, but right now, like the only thing that I'm paying is the, 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 the dojo, the dojo. Fee once a year. Yeah. Yeah. I have to pay that as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm. so, uh, but if you if you go to a dojo like and they're like okay well you have here's the registration fee the sign up fee and right all these and you're confronted with a list of fees that are in addition to your separate that might be a, like that might go back to the McDojo list. Um, okay. So good dojo things that I would look for in a good dojo is when you're listening to the instructor if the things that the instructor says make sense. Yeah. Right, and yeah. you may not know. Right. This is the hard part is it takes a while to learn to be able to to decipher the BS. Mm -hmm. But if it just seems logical from the beginning, it doesn't be like, oh, well, yeah, okay, he just like made that up. Right. Yeah. See, that that one is a tough one, too, because there's a lot of people who have like literally zero martial arts knowledge and they come into a dojo and they hear like whatever, like, hey, if you do this and, you know, you slap him on the ribs over here and then you flick him on the back of his neck, his eyes explode. And then his kneecaps also explode. You know, right. people are like, they, they listen to that and they're like, Oh my God, I'm about to be like this assassin. I am, I am literally about to be a real ninja. And yeah. you know, but it, it, like you said, it takes a little while to kind of decipher that BS and, and get through the, um, uh, the smoke and mirrors of, of bad yeah. discussion. Yeah. I agree with that. Um, if you walk into the dojo and the owner slash chief instructor is present, you might be at a real dojo. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> uh, you know, there's a lot of <laughs> a lot of a lot of other dojos out there that are um, the, the chief instructor is is more of a figurehead, I guess, and and they let their junior instructors run all the classes and. Oh, okay. Well, I'll flip that around to the the McDojo list. Okay. Okay. If all of the instructors, if the owner of the dojo is not actually a martial artist, is not a practitioner Mm. themselves, and all of the instructors are hired off of ads, you know, job emplacement ads, is we're looking for somebody to teach whatever. If those are all the instructors, then you're probably in a McDojo. Right, because at least I've, one I've, exception that I can think of. Well, okay, and we can talk so, about that off the air. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, but but I mean, well, that's different. If you are, if they're actively recruiting, like, hey, I want this person to come teach because yeah. this person was like a kumite, you know, athlete or competitor, and I want them to come teach over here. 
I, yeah. I consider that different. If they're going to recruit whatever, but if I'm talking about, well, I right. need. Right. Well, well, I'm just saying. I need. I'm, I'm just saying, like, if you're, if somebody's listening to that and they don't really know the difference, like, oh, and they yeah. go to that particular dojo, then they might right. be like, "Oh, I heard on this one podcast no, 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 that no, you're no, a no. McDojo." I, <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Because I know the example that we're thinking of, you know, and because that. Yeah. Because oftentimes they're actually still the same style and everything like that. They just recruit, you know, competitors and whatnot. But what right, I'm referring right. to is, you know, people get their job their their jobs from the the local wanted ads. Right. Um, I need a 16 to 18 year old, uh, first to third degree black belt to teach a kids class four times a week. Right. Right. Um, yeah. Doesn't matter what style you're from. You just need them to teach a class, and so. Right. That's that like, because I remember seeing that, uh, in Virginia where we used to live okay. at several, several schools, like you see advertisements like, Oh, assistant instructor wanted. And I was like, what on earth? Yeah. Um, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll add one. Um, if to, the conversations that are happening in the dojo are not in the styles country of origins language, or at least not being used for at least terminology or counting or whatever, you might not be in a good dojo. So give me an example. What do you mean? So if you're in a karate dojo and they are not using any Japanese words, mm-hmm. you might not be in a good karate dojo. So you might not be. You might not be. I said might. You might. So, because I will caveat this, like, well, because I can understand the rationale for just deciding to count, to do all your terminology in English, mm-hmm. right? I, I, I understand that. Um, I don't do that. Obviously, you don't do that. Right. Um and I will say, even the, the the ITF Taekwondo Dojo that I started with, they used. We didn't always use a lot all the Korean terms for the techniques, but we did all of our counting at least in Korean. Yeah, when I was in Tungsudo, we did all of our counting in Korean, and um, all of the techniques would be said in Korean, and then again in English. Uh. So yeah. I, I mean, I can see, I can see both sides because if you I mean you, I think we are the exception, right? Like, I don't think so. No, but I mean, is like, n- not about using the terms, but because, well, let me ask you this. How many of your students have been to Japan? Zero zero right and that's common right so you requiring them is good but if you likewise had never been like so let's say you were third third generation in your organization and your instructors never been to japan and their instructors had never been to japan and now we're back to somebody came from you know let's say okinawa or japan in the the 60s or the 70s you know in in their their military time and whatever you could make the argument now that there's other than the organization in and of itself. And so rather than the 
possibility of getting words wrong, mm -hmm. right? Um, it's easier to just teach everybody in English because if you don't have, then it just becomes like this gross mishmash of sounds that may or may not actually be related to the language. So I can see the 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 doing the whole class and the curriculum in English only. I can still be. I, I can see that, like in theory, but <laughs> I have I have never been to a dojo that is only in English, that they are effectively teaching and are not a McDojo. Okay, all right, yeah, all right. So this is coming from just like personal experience. It, right. Every dojo that I've been to that only speaks English, I'm I'm putting all of them into that McDojo category. All right, all right. I'll give okay. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Okay, so let's go back to let's 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 do a little bit more good okay. dojo things that they should think about for a good dojo. Okay. Uh, um, if you see a curriculum that is not overly, let's just say, bloated with filler, if you see a concise, clear progression in the curriculum and they can show you what the curriculum is mm. this is what our rank structure looks like this is what the kata that we have for that and it's reasonable like not seven pages long so so all shitoryu dojos y'all are mcdojos sorry <laughs> i knew you were gonna say that <laughs> i knew you were gonna say that there are a lot of kata there are a lot of kata with Shitoryu. A lot, yeah. a lot, a lot. Okay, that's yeah. that's good though. I, I do like what you're saying there. I, I think that's important. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because like, you know, we have, you know, we we have some friends that let's just say are are making a, a transition from one style to another. Mm -hmm. And they sent me the the new place curriculum, the kata and things like that. And I was actually surprised at how little it is. Yeah. How 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 few kata? Not techniques per se, but the kata list to get to shodan. What's considered shodan? Uh -huh. I, I was uh, pleasantly surprised in that it was very few, like even less I, than us, right? Like yeah, less I than you, I thing. think. Like wow, less... that's that's very few. Then if it's less than me, that's very few because I have five. Okay, well, it's not less than you then. Um, okay. It's more than you, but three of those are fukugata, right? So. Then, oh, it's okay, just, okay, okay. then it's just then it's just the pinon one through five, right? So the fukugata and then, uh, and they had three. I don't know what fukugata san is. I think that's one that they made up in, I okay. don't know Okinawa or whatever. But like yeah, I don't interesting. know. Um, but then it's pinon one through five, and I was like, wow, okay. And and then even their uh, kobudo system. Mm -hmm. uh, I think the, the Shodan test was one bow kata, uh, one sai kata, and one nunchaku kata, maybe? Hmm. Something like that. So, so I mean, okay. it was, you know, it was, you know, detailed, you know, and yeah. in-depth, and you got to train, but it wasn't like, like, it wasn't like we were overloading, right? And this, again, this is a very typical Japanese perspective, right? Shodan is the beginning, right? Yeah. First step. So I think if, right. if you have a curriculum like that, um, uh, I, I think that's a good, a good place. I think so too. I've got a good one here. This, is, this might be the one that ends the, the discussion okay. of what is a good 
good karate dojo. If you go into the karate dojo and the sensei references the way of the fist podcast, you're probably in a good dojo. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and I think that that's where we need to end it right there. I think that's where I mean, we need because to end it. How, how much more? Because clearly they have their priorities in the right place. They've, they've got it. They, they know what they're doing. Yeah. yeah. So, yep, I like. I it. reference it all the time in my uh, my my dojo. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, way of the fist, way of the fist. I mean, we reference right. it to each other all the time. Well, clearly, they did not see listen to yeah. our last episode. <laughs> you know. Even about some of our some of our good friends were like, oh, yeah. they, they yeah. weren't paying attention. <laughs> they were not paying attention. We covered this yeah. just the other day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. All right. Well, you got any last words before we uh, before we finish, close out here? Yeah, um, you know, any anytime you're going into a new dojo uh, to to try something new, one always you know maintain that that beginner's mind. But if you are somebody who has experience, use your experience as well. Like, don't neglect your own experience in the pursuit of like adopting a beginner's mind. Um, I, I think it's a, a you know the 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 idea behind having that beginner's mind is great, but you know, if you walk into a dojo and, you know, red flags start popping up, don't ignore that. Like, let your experience guide you out of that situation. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I agree. Very well said. All right. So on that note, for all of our listeners, thanks for hanging in there. As always, we want to hear your thoughts. Uh, Send us a message. Instagram is the best right now. Uh, Wayofthefist.2018. And um, keep training hard, and we'll see you on the next time.